Welcome to Quote the Raven with Raven Dana, life coach with over 30 years of experience answering people's questions and helping them through life's most difficult situations. My name is Megan Guthrie Bastone. I am helping Raven produce the show. I will be here to help navigate your questions with Raven. Welcome, Raven, to the first episode of your show. Hi, Megan. I'm really happy to be here, and I think that we'll have a lot of fun. The listeners will get a whole ton of useful, practical information. And if there's any question you want to ask, please feel free. Nothing is off, and I do mean nothing is off limits in this show. So that means if you have a question, no matter how crazy you think it might be, or how simple you think it might be, you go to www.stresswizardcoaching.com and you can submit your question there on the podcast page and we might answer it. So uh, let's get started with our first question. Our question is, what is personal development anyway from a listener (laughs) in Montana? Personal development is, you know, you're right, it's a doozy of a question. Everybody has a different idea about what that means. So for my purposes, I'm going to simplify it. Personal development is really developing the skill to be and express yourself authentically, to cut through all the layers of nonsense, all the images, all the this is how I'm supposed to look, all the good girl and good boy stories. It's the way to develop your authentic, genuine self. Personal development as a term is something that therapists and life coaches and sometimes maybe you find it on like a job application. That's this right. This is mm-hmm. a, a terminology that, you know, shows up in these places. Right. Well, you know, it includes a lot of different elements. So personal development means that you have to take a look at all these different aspects of your life and ask the question, is this working? Is this not working? How well do I communicate? Do I communicate honestly? Am I hiding what I really think and feel? All right, because that we do that on the job. All right, so to get rid of that element of quote-unquote political correctness, and, and it doesn't mean to blurt things out and to be an ass. It's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is to really get in touch with what you authentically think and feel and have permission from you to say it out loud and let the chips fall where they may. So if there's confusion about the term personal development? Is there something else that you would call it that maybe people could resonate with? Um, For me, I think personal development is exactly the same as waking up, becoming more conscious in your life, not running your days on automatic pilot like you're uh, a member of the lands of the living dead. And all of you out there know somebody that meanders through their life just like a zombie. So that's what I mean by personal development. It's waking up to who you are, what you want, and taking charge, being responsible for your own happiness and your own life, rather than feeling like a victim of circumstance or of your partner or of your history. So personal development is in 
a parallel of personal responsibility. Absolutely. And responsibility, again, is another loaded word. Many people confuse responsibility with obligation. Oh, I'm responsible for this. I'm obligated. No, no, no. Responsibility is really the ability. It's a skill. It's the ability to respond in a given situation right clearly and consciously rather than do the same old automatic habitual story reaction pattern that you've always done in the past that hasn't gotten you anywhere so that's responsibility it is like the buck stops here with me and if I'm not happy well what am I gonna do about it (laughs) like what am I gonna do about it not what am I gonna try to make somebody else do to make me happy but what am I gonna do about it So what kind of advice do you have for people who find themselves in a pattern of doing the same thing because they feel like they are personally obligated to do it, to break free from that, to make changes and have some personal development? Great. Well, uh, you know, I think the first thing that anybody needs to pay attention to is to look at your own inner workings. When you're about to do something, it's a simple question to ask, do I want to do this? We don't stop and ask that question. So we get crazy. Sometimes we do what we actually want to do, honestly, but a lot of times we do what we think we should do. And how can we tell the difference between what we think we should do and what we really want? Thank you for asking that. And the answer is, it doesn't happen in our minds. We can't analyze or think our way through it. When we want to do something, we feel it in our body. We're grounded in the moment. There's a presence. There's an energy. There's a movement toward the thing we want. Anything else that's happening, when we do what we think we should do, when we do what other people think we should do, or the highest level of crazy, when we do what we think other people think we should do, all all those processes are happening in our minds and they're happening at this level of anxiety. We're worrying about doing the quote-unquote right thing, but we're never checking in with the intelligence that's right here in our sensational body with our emotions and feelings. So I'm going to back up here for a second. Uh When you say that there's the layers of what people think they should do. So there's what I think I should do, Mm -hmm. what someone else thinks I should do, Mm -hmm. and what I think that someone else thinks I should do. That's right. That's the craziest layer. So that would be, I think I should really take this job yeah, because it's going to make me more money. Mm Mm-hmm. Or you think that I should take this job Mm -hmm. because it's going to make me more money. Mm -hmm. Or I think that you would think I should take this job (laughs) because it would make me more money. That's right. But really, maybe none of that's true. Right. Or, Or actually, when you think of taking the job, when you actually think about taking the job and see yourself at the job, you get a knot in your stomach and you cringe, right? Mm -hmm. So you're telling yourself, I don't want to take this job. The money is not as important as something else that's going on here. I don't want to live in that place or I don't want to work with those people. Mm -hmm. So we do, we make those decisions constantly and we go against what will, you know, our true nature, our honest selves. So what happens if I decide to take the job that I feel inside that I shouldn't take, but I take it because I think 
you would think I should take it. Right. Well, (laughs) then what happens is somewhere down the road when you hate the job, you would get mad at me because you were thinking that I was thinking that you should take the job and to make me happy, you were taking the job that you didn't want to take in the first place, right? (laughs) This is what we do. We do. It happens all the time. And when I get mad at you, you might say, I never told you to take the job. Right. What the hell were you thinking? What do you mean I wanted you to take the job? Well, you did. I know you did. Oh, I can't tell you how many fights between couples that sound exactly like this I interrupt on a regular basis. Right? And honestly, you've got to cultivate a sense of humor. You have to learn to laugh at yourself. Because this happens so quickly and so automatically and it's so ridiculous that you can, you can get out from under it unless you turn it into the serious project. It's, it's not. It's just, oh, I have a glitch in my brain. Listen to that. Will you listen to that? It's, it's you know, we got to lighten up. So, well, personal development is having a sense of humor about yourself. Oh, absolutely. Personal development is looking at yourself in the world with a sense of humor, learning to go with the flow, and being honest. And there's so little honesty, you know, that's promoted out there. We right. gotta, you know, we have to keep coming back and re-waking ourselves up. We go back to sleep. We have to wake ourselves up. We go back to sleep. We have to, okay. So those little reality checks, those check with your body. Check with what in my gut do I want to do. Like, do I want to go to that party or do I want to stay home and read a book? Right? Will the world end if I don't go? No. Oh, am I going to call up the person and lie? Not so much. I can call and say, you know what? I, I, I feel like crap. I, I love you. I can't come. I'm going to stay home and take care of myself. And we don't give ourselves permission to do those most basic things. Like being honest. Like being honest. Yeah. Because we're so worried about what other people will think. Yeah. And of course, if you're not honest then the person that they know isn't you at all. So you actually don't have a relationship. You're just mm-hmm. pretending to have one. Right. Speaking of relationships, it brings us to our next question. We can transition into it. A listener in Virginia wrote in and said, how can I get my partner to give me what I need in our relationship? Oh, yeah. That's a fun question. We like that question. So first of all, <laughs> I would... Um, take issue with the word need. So what we need, like to be just blunt, we need sleep, we need water, we need food, right? We don't... So are you saying people don't have needs in relationships or is this idea of having needs in relationships like an excuse? Well, uh, no, I think we have desires. I think we have wants. I think we have preferences. And sometimes those preferences are deal breakers, right? If I uh, have a partner that uh, sleeps around and I don't, and I have a preference, right? I don't want to put up with that. Or, you know, for me, that's a big, scary deal. Then sure. Is it a need? No, it's not a need. Like when we lay our needs on people, it just makes us needy and whiny and clingy. But when we address what we want by giving ourselves permission to have wants, you can have a want, you can want anything you want. 
and not put it on the other person like, I need this, so you have to give this to me or do this for me. Most of the concepts around needy, needing, I need him to listen to me. I need to be understood. I need, right? It's like that kind of exhausting uh, conversation and it has nothing to do with need. It has to do with uh, an inability to communicate well so that then the responsibility becomes put off on the partner. And it sets you up for disappointment. Absolutely. Because if a preference is explained as a need, it makes it much more serious. Because if you don't get your needs, then you're in a bad situation. Right, then you're out the door. So I, I mean, I've seen relationships fall apart over the, these kinds of little things where people get so dug in about something that they think they need, but they also won't ask for it. They don't ask for what they want. So, you know, one of the things I tell people is, all right, if you're gonna actually be honest, then you sit down with yourself and answer those questions. Like, if he loved me, he would. If she loved me, she would. And then you go share that stuff with your partner. Not as, not as something they must do, but as a revealing of how your mind works. This is what I look for to feel loved and valued. It's not the only way, but it's what I look for. So again, a lot of the problem with that is that if we don't tell our partner, and we think that if they loved us, we would, like they would X, Y, Z, well, again, mind reading will only set you up for failure. Mm -hmm. There's no reality here. So I like to say there are three sides to every story, Megan. There's, you know, his side, her side, or his side, however it works. There's partner A, partner B, and then the truth is somewhere in the middle. My job is to go through the minefield of the two stories and find the overlap. Where is the truth here? So that's what I bring back to each partner and say, listen, here's what you, I call myself the English to English translator, right? Here's what your partner's saying, and then I'll say, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll report. And they'll say, wow, you must read minds. It's like, no, <laughs> that's not it. And you have to learn to do this for yourself, right? To cut to the chase, to get to the thing you most need the other person to know about you. Again, talking about needs. If you want somebody to understand you, you need to tell them the truth. So instead of assuming that your partner will know what your needs are, you need to tell them what you want. What you want. Here's what I want. Here's what I think. Here's what I make this mean. Here's how I feel when you say this. Which doesn't mean you can never say this because that makes me, you make me feel a certain way. No. It means giving your partner information so they understand where your mind goes. That's what it means. And also acknowledging that your needs are not really needs in the relationship. Correct. They're wants. And you have the right to want whatever you want. And you have the right to have whatever preferences you want. You have the right to have to say, hey, this thing over here that you do, honestly, this is a deal breaker. This is not something I'm willing to live with for the rest of my life. But it also gives you a way, if you're going to walk away, to walk away owning responsibility for your choices, not blaming the other person. It's like, I'm the one that doesn't want to deal with this. Like, quite frankly, I know people who live in open relationships. They both have sex with other partners, and they're fine. Strange as that may seem, right? And that's obviously not everybody's cup of tea. 
So again, that preference, whether it's I can't live with somebody that never takes out the trash or, you know, I won't live with somebody that uh, works 60 hours a week, right? Or I can't live with somebody that has sex with other people. Whatever that is, you have a right. You can have whatever preference you want. What you don't get to do is try to tell the other person that they must change their behavior so you can be okay. That doesn't work. That's a crash and burn every time. You can make a request and your partner, if he or she is honest, then can assess that request and get to say yes or no. And then you go from there. Okay, so at the end of every show, we're gonna bring a Raven fact to you. Our Raven fact for this episode is that Ravens can imitate human speech. They can imitate uh, the sounds that humans make, words, mm-hmm. and e- even better than a parrot. Yep, even better than a parrot. And um, they can also imitate the sounds that animals make and will sometimes do that to imitate a wolf or a fox to, uh, if they have carrion, if they have lunch ready but they can't get it open, they'll use that power that, of speech to get another animal over to their side to help them with the job. It's really quite uh, remarkable. They're very intelligent. They're up there in intelligence with chimpanzees and dolphins. Wow, great to know. All right. And for our next episode, please go ahead and submit your questions on www.stresswizardcoaching.com. You can find us under the podcast section. Uh, We'll also be on iTunes soon, so you can go ahead and subscribe to our podcasts. um, And we will let you know uh, what our next episode is coming up soon. You can also subscribe to Raven's newsletter uh, right there on the website and uh, like us on Facebook. Until next time, be happy and be real. Sounds good.